Just because I'm in long-term care doesn't mean my life has ended. You got a good sense of humor, Ivan. <laughs> that's that's the only thing to have, you know. Canadians need to understand better the asset that we have in Medicare. Well, hi there, and welcome to Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench. What is the Green Bench exactly? Glad you asked, and I'll scooch on over so you can join me, Aaron Davis, as I soon will be joined by my co-host, Doug Robinson. You see, the Green Bench was an initiative begun, and which continues to this day, by the folks at Schlegel Village's retirement residences and long-term care homes. They wanted a place for people to sit a spell, share their stories, have a laugh, and just connect. Instant community building, right? Well, now, in addition to the benches that are found in residences and have even been taken on the road, we have this podcast, a virtual green bench for an exchange of ideas, stories, and memories. Today, as I mentioned, I'm joined, as always, by 87-year-old Doug Robinson. Doug lives in Sandalwood Park in Brampton, And we're delighted to introduce you to our guest for today, Angela Willis. She is a woman who always seems to have a song in her heart, and we have a very special surprise for her, too. Plus a clip of a song by her granddaughter that is really fantastic. Before we get to that, though, I'll tell you that although Angela's whole life she has been surrounded by music, she's also the very epitome of someone who is never afraid to start something new even if she's never tried it before. I love her spirit, and you will too, as she joins Doug and me now from the village of Taunton Mills in Whitby. Well, Doug, it's with a song in our heart that I say hello to you today on the Green Bench. How are you, my friend? I couldn't be better. And so we know where to put our expectations today. Thank you, Doug. (laughs) If you were any better, honey, we couldn't handle you. How about that? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) In honor of our guest today, I just stumbled upon this beautiful meme, this quote that I happened to have saved months ago in my computer. And I think it's so fitting as we talk about the importance and benefits of music and raising a musical family, which my parents did, and how it all adds to our community and the threads of longevity and wisdom that run through a family. So can I share this with you, Doug? Please do. It's from somebody named Terry Tempest Williams, and it goes like this. Once upon a time, there was the simple understanding that to sing at dawn and to sing at dusk was to heal the world through joy. The birds still remember what we have forgotten, that the world is meant to be celebrated. Oh, isn't that lovely? That is so lovely. Yeah, it really is. I've never heard that before, Erin. Neither had I. And so I thought, wow, what a fitting place for it and for us to begin our conversation here with Angela, who is at the village of Taunton Mills in Whitby, Angela Willis. She is... 89 years old. She turned 89 in September, married for 68 years. And her husband, Jack, lives with Alzheimer's and lives in the memory floor at the residence. So she gets to see him as often as she likes. And how lucky we are to be able to converse with her here today. Hello, Angela. Hi, Erin. So nice to be here. 
Lovely to have you here, Angela. And although the focus is going to kind of be on music, no doubt there are some who believe that there is a music in nature that comes from the growth of things. And now you've got Doug wanting to talk about getting his knees dirty. So let's go, Doug. Hi, Doug. Hi, Angela. I had a garden for 30 years. My wife shared it with me, but we had his and her garden because we could never agree on what to plant together. So she had the right-hand side of the garden, I had the back end of the garden. And every April, I used to go to the nursery. I'd be the first one there and be able to pick up all the best plants. And I understand you put quirky things in your garden. <laughs> my, <laughs> my quirky thing was... I, I put a big Tupperware bin in the garden and put goldfish in it. <laughs> and, the, and the little children in the street used to come in and love to feed, feed the uh, goldfish. And also, my brother won a, a garden competition for best garden in Brampton. And Mark Cullen came to his garden and filmed his garden and uh, put it on his garden TV show. Well, wow. So would you like to discuss with us some of your quirky things, Angela? Sure. I, uh, I put really crazy things in my garden with plants in them because I didn't want to go to a store and just buy ordinary planters. So I had an old barbecue. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I filled it with flowers, and they grew over the sides. It was beautiful. Hmm. I had a cement mixer. Ah, a cement mixer? A cement mixer. <laughs> and, beca <laughs> and because they are tilted anyway, it just looked like the plants were growing out of it. Oh. <laughs> oh and, lovely. And my husband and I made a, a merry-go-round. He made the, the bottom of it that turned around, and I painted the horses. And they were the uh, spring horses that the children used to play on. Mm -hmm. I collected them, and we picked them up, and I painted them. And so we had four horses on a carousel. And between every horse, I had a planter, of course. And it would turn around in the wind. Oh. It was really beautiful. I guess we might have called those merry-gold go-rounds, yes? Yeah. <laughs> so when you had all of these unusual elements in your garden, Doug talked about children coming to see the goldfish in his. What was the reaction, and was this kind of a sense of, I don't know, community that you inadvertently or purposely built here, Angela? No, I just, I just planted the flowers in strange things because I like the look of them. And people would come around and say to me, you know, why are you planting flowers in, in a cement mixer, for instance? And, mm -hmm. and I, well, look at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Angela? Yes? Why wouldn't a neighbor take his shoes off? <laughs> because he was afraid I'd plant flowers in it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Have you ever been out to uh, Victoria and Butchart Gardens? Because it sounds, Angela, like it would be heaven for you. Yes, I have been. It was oh. many years ago, but I have been. And I can tell you it is still absolutely breathtaking year-round. And, of course, they have a merry-go-round there, too, but it's for people to ride on. 
But I would think that once that merry-go-round, if it is ever put into retirement, your idea would be absolutely spectacular. Yes, you put uh, the big boxes between the horses and plant flowers in them. Lovely. What was your favorite flower to plant, Angela? I liked impatience. Yeah. And I liked uh, anything that bright, bright colors. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one was the flock. The flock. Okay, I had flocks. Yeah. Sweet, sweet smelling. Very sweet smelling. Mm-hmm. And and Asian uh, lilies. Asian lilies. Are they the yellow ones? Yeah, old, old, different color. Okay. Yeah. And Ishanida. Going back to lilies. Yeah. I like the ones that are yellow. Yellow, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they but they but they bloom all summer. They're the only lily that blooms all summer. Yeah, that's that's why I like them. Anything that lasted. Right. Angela, do you have a hand in any of the gardening that goes on at the village of Taunton Mills? Because I know that in several of the Schlegel villages and residents that they encourage them to come on in and contribute with their green thumbs and help out with whatever they can. Do you do that? Well, they do have a garden here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I haven't got into it yet. Maybe maybe next year. It's a little difficult because I am in a wheelchair. Ah, I understand. But it sounds like you've got some very creative ideas, though. <laughs> Definitely. I used to open my garden tell everybody to come in and see it if they wanted to. Oh, beautiful. Angela? Yes? I, uh, on my balcony here, I have five planters. And then in April, I, I go to the nursery and I, I buy some annuals and... I've got five nice planters out on the balcony here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very nice to be able to sit out there and watch them grow. What what kind of plants do you have in them? Oh, I had geraniums, dahlias, uh, lobelia, allison, you know, yeah. bright coloured annuals. I love dahlias. They're so, they're so pretty. Oh, pretty, me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, Now, this is what is astounding to me because I have the complete opposite of a green thumb. I don't know what that would be called. But basically, if I bring a plant into my house, we have to give it a blindfold and a cigarette because it's going to die very soon. So (laughs) uh, it's just the truth. But there you are. And you didn't know anything about gardening when you started. So where does somebody like me sort of get down on my knees and not just start to pray, but start to dig? What do you do, Angela? I don't know. That's all I did. I got new soil, and it was really good soil, and I just went to, bought a bunch of plants and planted them, and they just took over. Wow. And I did win the best large garden for Scugog. Wow. Well done. I had a very big lot, so I had to have a big garden. Lovely. (laughs) Lovely. And it's so contemplative, isn't it? Isn't it a form of meditation? I understand it's backbreaking work as well. And you would know that from all the time of weeding and trimming and pulling and deadheading. But it's also very meditative, isn't it? And look what you get in the end. It's like a Zen meditation. Yes. When you get it all done and you sit back and you look at it Mm. and you say, wow, that was worth it. You, You enjoy this summer twice as much. When you have a beautiful garden. Yes. Yes. I sat out there from morning till night. I'd listen to the Blue Jays in the evening and, you know, it's so nice and relaxing. 
Now, Doug, do you mean the birds or the baseball player games on the radio? <laughs> Actually, both. Aaron. Right, exactly. That's that's my perfect summer evening as well, my friend. Now, you have also had great success and joy and fulfillment in growing your family tree. And your kids grew up in a home full of music with singing, music playing, karaoke, and you'd all gather around the piano. Can you share with us, Angela, just how that love of music helped to bring you all together? Well, let's go back to where it started. It started when I got married. My husband could play the piano and he could sing. And I could sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that I was going to have these children that are so talented. And it, it's been such a joy. When we had our 50th wedding anniversary, we, we told our children we didn't want any long speeches. So my daughter stood up and said, Mom, Dad, I know you don't want any speeches, but we just want to say this. Thank you for the music. And it, it, just, it was wonderful. It was. And you know what? We have for you now your granddaughter, Cadence Grace, who has provided for you a surprise message for you, Angela, thanking you for the music. And we also have some of her music that is going to be heard as well in this podcast. I think you've got so much to be proud of. And let's listen to what Cadence has to say to her grandmother, shall we? Well, that, that's wonderful. For as far back as I can remember, music has always been a part of my grandparents' life. My grandma was always singing songs and spent many years in the County Town Singers, a very successful touring choir. We were always going to her shows and having sing-alongs at their house around their amazing grand piano. She has the most beautiful voice, and I always loved when she played the auto harp. She passed down her love of music to my mom, who passed it down to me. My grandma has always been so supportive of my music career from the very beginning. She would encourage me to chase the biggest dreams, and whenever she could, she helped me pay to record and put out music so I could keep moving my career forward. Her encouragement and support has always meant the world to me. I think it's such a special thing to share a love of something with people in your family, and I'm so grateful for that. My hope is that I've made her proud and will continue to do so. Thank you, Grandma, for teaching me your love of music and for all the love and support you've shown me in my musical journey. You are a huge reason why I continue to love and pursue music to this day, and I hope you know how much you truly mean to me. I love you so much. There you go. That was wonderful. It's brought tears to my eyes. Well, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. And your adult kids sang to you at your 50th anniversary. Do you remember what they sang? Was it Thank You for the Music by ABBA by any chance? (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) What was it, my love? I can't remember. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's all right. I know that was an emotional moment for you. And while you collect yourself a little bit, I think everybody should hear just a bit of Cadence singing Don't. It's an amazing song, and we'll tell you where you can hear it after you listen to this from Cadence on the green bench look at you thinking that i'm sitting home alone mm-hmm. looks to me like you ain't doing so good on your own yeah don't i know what you're thinking baby put down the phone i don't want to hear about how you're doing alone i'm so over that you think 
That is so good. I can imagine hearing it on radio stations everywhere. Got a little bit of a country bent to it. She's a country singer-songwriter. And Cadence, I understand, has won awards for her talent. You can listen to Don't, written by Cadence, along with her mom and dad. And I found it on Apple Music, but you can just Google it and listen to her. CadenceGrace.com. Oh, my goodness. That was that was amazing, Angela. Everybody says their granddaughter is so talented, and yours actually is. <laughs> well, you know my son, John. Yes, I do. You should hear him sing. Well, you know, John and I worked together through Rogers when I would do Rogers TV commercials for the radio station in Toronto I worked for. And so I know John, and I know he was in creative, but I didn't know he sang, Angela. He has a wonderful voice. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe not musically inclined but wants to bring the benefits of music into their lives? I mean, you did it with gardening, for heaven's sakes. What about music, Angela? Well, you can always bring music into your life, even just by listening to it. But if you sing at all, sing. Just keep singing. It, it just makes you feel so good. It does. Angela? Yes, I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. <laughs> I'm absolutely tone deaf. I have no beat whatsoever. <laughs> but do you like listening to music? Oh, yeah, I listen to it. Yeah. Well, there, there you are. Music's in your life if you listen to it. Yep. It's so true. I mean, there are those of us who perform, but if there's nobody there to clap, that's half the fun, Doug. We need you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You'd laugh at me if you was to hear me sing. Oh, we've sung together before on podcasts. Don't you worry about it. Strangely, we have not been approached for a record contract, but, you know, never give up hope. Never give up hope. Now, Cadence mentioned in that beautiful piece she recorded for you, Angela, your granddaughter mentioned that you were with the County Town Singers, right? Yes. So tell us about them. I know this is a very important and interesting part of your life as well. Yes, it was. And, and my husband was in it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we joined in the 1970s. And we weren't in it very long before the choir took a tour of Europe. Mm. And we toured Austria, Germany, and Switzerland and sang everywhere we could. And we were known as Canada's singing ambassadors. And I was in the choir for 20 years, and it was a wonderful 20 years, because we did things that I never thought I would do, like make television shows. It was just a big part of my life. And recording an album, too, right? We recorded two albums. Two albums. There you Mm -hmm. go. Everything from Bach to rock. I love that. Everything from Bach to rock, yeah. Fantastic. Angela, what was your favorite venue that you sang in? Uh... Probably in in York, in England, in the cathedral. Oh, yes, yeah. Beautiful cathedral. Well, they, they told us that not to worry if, if nobody stood and watched because we could be heard all over the cathedral. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But we looked up and there was between two and 300 people standing there listening to us. Oh, how exciting for it you. It was very exciting. Yeah. And then, of course, we sang in Whitby, England. Yeah. Oh, Wow, from one Whitby to the other. That's right. Yeah, we sang in the uh, the cathedral there. It's in ruins, mm. but we sang in it. But that wasn't your fault. It was in ruins before you got there, right? <laughs> we, we, we didn't ruin it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's always good to know. 
you didn't bring the house down then. No. No. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Apparently, the county town singers are still going strong. There's some 70 members still going in Durham region. Yes, it's still going strong. Isn't that wonderful? You mentioned Vienna there. Where in Vienna were you, and what was that experience like? Well, we sang at Schumbrunn Castle in Vienna, mm-hmm. um, and it, that was pretty exciting. But Vienna is an exciting city. Oh, it is. And I remember one night, we some of us went for a walk, and we could hear somebody singing. So we followed the voices, and it was youth choirs who were oh. there competing. And after we got home, we found out that the choir that won was from Belleville. Oh, my goodness, in oh. southern Ontario. How about that? <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Again, we're talking about things that Angela hadn't tried before, tried, excelled at, and now we understand that you, and you mentioned before that you are in a wheelchair, so gardening is difficult for you, but you've found another way to bring color and purpose and art into your life, and it's at the end of a brush. Can you tell us about that, Angela? Yes, well, I was at home one day, and I thought, I've got to find something else to do. So I went into town and found an art class. So I started painting. And I have quite a few pictures hung on my wall. Probably not the best, but they're with something I never thought I could do. And I started when I was in my 50s. So you can start anything at any age, any time. And what is your favorite medium? What do you like to paint with? Watercolors, oils, pastels, acrylics? Acrylics. Acrylics. Nice and easy to wash off. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> I did some watercolors, but they're... They're a challenge. The pictures are okay, but they're not as much fun to do. Ah, and what do you paint? What are your subjects? If you do nudes, Doug is... He's volunteering. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never done a nude. <laughs> there you go, Doug. First time for everything. Hey, I'm up for it. <laughs> no... No charge. <laughs> I bet. No charge. My mother used to paint, and my dad said, well, if you're ever interested in antiques and miniatures, here I am. <laughs> That's my dad. Anyway, <laughs> now what do you like to paint, Angela? Well, I, I like to paint scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a wonderful picture of Santa Claus. Ah, good. Did he pose for you, or was it just sort of from your memory? No, it was actually from another picture. Okay. Yeah, he's he's also hung on my wall. He's there all year. Good, just to remind you to be good, right? Yeah, well, and to remind you that there should be peace on earth all year long, not just at Christmas. Of course. Uh, Angela? Yes? Uh, I don't have paintings on my wall. Obviously, I have photographs of my garden. Oh. I, I have a whole wall full of different flowers out of my garden. Good. And I wake up every morning and I see my beautiful garden. Well, that's, uh, that's really good. You must you must enjoy that. I really do. Do you paint flowers as well, Angela? Yes, I have painted flowers. There you go. Oh, how lovely to be able to bring that in year-round. And here we go again, yet another thing that Angela had never tried before and then excelled at. You are a force of nature, Angela Willis, an expert baker. Now, you you may not say expert. We can. So tell us some of the creations you were responsible for as a baker. Well, I tried 
uh, decorating cakes one day, and I ended up making all my children's wedding cakes. <gasps> oh, wow! That's a lot of pressure. Yes. <laughs> wow. It takes it takes a long time to decorate a wedding cake. Yes. Wow. And I I love making pies. Hmm. What kind? I would make. I would have my family up for Thanksgiving and make ten pies. Hmm. What kinds, Angela? Oh, apple, raisin, mm. pumpkin, mm. cherry. Mm. <laughs> you name it, it would be there. Oh my goodness. Let's go back to wedding cakes for a second. Were they layered cakes, or were they great big sheet cakes, or what? What did you do? No, no, they were layered. Oh, okay. And I understand you had to make a cake large enough to feed about three hundred and fifty people once. Yes, we had uh, a get together up at where I lived. I lived on the lake. Yeah, and uh, it was the seventy-fifth anniversary of the Cottagers Association, so they had. A little party. Yeah. And somebody said, I'd like a cake. And uh, somebody said, well, where are they going to get a cake big enough to serve that many people? And I said, I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> right there in your cottage oven? <laughs> yeah, it was my house, so it wasn't oh, a cottage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you make it in pieces. You don't make it all together. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you never get that in your oven. The hardest part was getting it out the door. Oh, heavens, that would be like trying to get a ship out of a bottle. How did you do it? Well, we had to call the man next door to come over and help Jack. Oh. And, and I had to stand there and make sure it didn't slide off. Yes. <laughs> but we got it there. Good for you. Good for you. Angela. Yes. Can I just share one bacon story with you? Sure. My father was a pastry cook at Harrods in London. Mm-hmm. I've been to Harrods. You've been to Harrods? Yes. My father was the pastry cook. He used to make the pastries in Mm. for the store. Yeah. Under royal appointment. Oh. So what did he make, like tarts and... Oh, anything and everything. He was a marvellous cook. He he passed away at 38, Angela. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Of what did your father die, Doug? Cancer. Oh my goodness! Thirty-eight. He was thirty. He was thirty-eight. Oh, I was uh, thirteen, and my brother was ten. Goodness. And uh, my mother was only thirty-five. Oh. And I have to tell you this one: the people that my father worked with had a collection for my mother, and they sent us some money with a sympathy card, and the. Their money amounted to $3 in 1948. <laughs> My goodness. But yeah. the sweetest memories made in the kitchen and in the, in the oven from him. Yeah. Well, I, I remember in 1948, $3 wasn't that easy to come by. No, it wasn't. No, that's quite true. Hmm. Goodness. And might it have been pounds at that time too, Doug? Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. The roads we have traveled in this conversation today, from music and art to your beautiful granddaughter, CadenceGrace.com, to gardening, baking, love, and a long marriage, celebrating 50 years and now 58 years with Jack. Angela, we can't thank you enough for sharing this wonderful, beautiful, artistic life with us. Well, I was very happy that you... Ask me to do it. Ah, 
just the icing on the cake for this podcast, I would say. And thank you. Thank you very much. And, of course, thank you to Jennifer for watching over Doug as best anyone can as we do this. <laughs> and to Nicole for helping to make this possible with us today. And to you for listening. Doug? Angela, what a wonderful experience has been chatting with you this afternoon. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed every minute of it, too. Well, wasn't that an amazing chat? We have so many amazing people and really incredible and inspiring stories to share with you. Just subscribe or go to elderwisdom.ca to make sure you don't miss a moment. While you're there, be sure to take the Elder Wisdom Pledge. It just takes a moment. And if you're inclined to tweet or post about this or any other of our award-winning podcast episodes, just use the hashtag ElderWisdom so everyone can join our community. On behalf of my co-host, Doug Robinson, with thanks to Ted, Melinda, and Rob for getting us here, I'm Erin Davis. Be sure and join us next time, because your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.